The opinions expressed in this podcast are individual and not necessarily representative of Spirit Live or Toronto Metropolitan University. Thank you for listening. I just want to say for all of the listeners, we've got quite a few people who are either sick or getting over a cold in the studio today. Um, Vincent has been sniffling a lot. Kirby, how are you feeling? I'm just a sick guy. That's all. Oh, okay. Different kind of sick. Different kind of sick. Different kind of sick. privilege. Um, (laughs) (laughs) He's waiting for the fist bump. Come on. I know you want it, dude. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Anyways, if you hear anybody sniffling or clearing their throat, we're sorry. It's November and we're all students. And we all know by this point in the semester, we've all given up on taking care of ourselves, especially Vincent. Yeah. My favorite Kirby memory is uh, when we we had a meeting on Zoom and we were like, where's Kirby? Kirby is nowhere to be found. And we, I was like, I bet Kirby is still asleep. And everyone was like, no, nah, something's happened to Kirby. Like, he's definitely doing something. And then Kirby gets on the Zoom and he's like, guys, I just woke up. <laughs> and My alarm didn't go off. I <laughs> forgot about this. And we this could tell. looked shook. His and hair was more curly than usual. He is obviously a man of humor. Yeah. You know, he likes comedy. He's a funny guy, I would say. Not a fun guy. Not to be confused with each other. He's not a mushroom. No, definitely not. But I'm also not Kawhi Leonard. I would say um, <laughs> very, very dedicated individual, very passionate individual when it comes to creative arts. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I, I feel like I'm speaking enough about you. What would you say? How would you describe yourself in terms of like the way you were saying that where it's like I'm interested in the creative arts and the creative industry and I want to work towards that? Really, the you know short answer is I do not want to work a nine to five because I think with my personality, I just would not last long at yeah, all. Fair. Like. I'd be in HR so often that I would just eat my lunch there. Like, wow. All right, guys, so, let's talk about what I said this week. Would you bring an extra my... sandwich for the HR person? I'd probably owe them that much for the amount of paperwork they'd be doing yeah. about me. I think they'd just give up at that point. That's also a testament to Kirby's personality because he knows sometimes he's like a pain, but you know what? He's going to bring you a sandwich to compensate for it. Exactly. I'll yeah. feel bad for what I'm doing, but I won't apologize for it necessarily. I'll One thing I do appreciate about you actually is that, like, unapologetically yourself. Which is pretty sweet, to be honest. Yeah. This guy stands up for himself. He He's not afraid to speak his mind. That's exactly why I brought you on the team, because I respect that. You being able to identify when something doesn't look good, when, you know, something's not right. Your own opinion, you validate that. And you, you express that, like, you know what? I might be wrong here, but I don't think I am. Maybe yeah. listen to this piece of advice I have. And uh, so far, it's it's done well to listen to. So. Yeah, and you're also, like... You're so willing to be proven wrong in so many situations. Like, I feel like we were on the Yankee Lady shoot together on the same boat, and there were times where, like, we had a shot list, and you were like, I just don't think we need the shot list. Like, I am the shot list. Like, I'm just going to say, like, this is what you should get. I am it the just, shot list. It just sat in my back pocket, to be yeah. honest with you. And Vince was like, no, we're still going to make I the shot worked list. For f- like, but I told you, you didn't have to. I'm worried if there's structure that it becomes like a law. Like if if I give someone a shot list or if we do storyboards, all of a sudden some people's minds are so geared towards that's what we're working towards that they're not going to be able to recognize a moment that's pure magic. Like if okay, if I if we had storyboards or lighting plans for a shot, then people are going to look at it and that's what they're working towards rather than sometimes taking a moment, let's say for a shoot in a location and just being like, 
I never noticed this. This is really cool. I don't know how to specifically describe you other than just a filmmaker. Yeah. Because you're a writer. You like to write. But that is hand in hand with your filmmaking. Yeah. Which is inevitably what you what you kind of pursue it into. <laughs> yeah. So, Kirby, um, who are you? What do you do? Where are you from? Yeah. What do you what do you like what are you in school for? All of that. Give me the rundown. Yeah, so I'm in school for media production, which is such an umbrella term. Yeah. Uh I picked this program like years ago when I thought I wanted to work in TV. I flip-flopped a lot. Fair. Um so to say that I'm I'm a filmmaker isn't necessarily wrong, but I had this talk with one of the guys I made my movie with where I was like I have severe imposter syndrome where I don't consider myself a filmmaker. Uh mostly because I think everything I've always done or worked towards was going to be comedy. Mm-hmm. So I feel like I was a I'm like a comedian who, you know, just finds different outlets to be funny. Yeah. And so I think, gotcha. you know, when I was telling my buddy and he was like, that's hilarious that you say that because I consider myself a filmmaker and I've thought about that. And he's like, I actually don't consider what we're doing to just be comedy. Like what we are doing is filmmaking. Mm-hmm. And I just think I have, I don't know, because I think all I'm trying to do is be funny. And I just like the outlet of film for it. And it's something that isn't being done anymore. And that was interesting into finding that avenue. And so to go what I've done, I did stand-up when I was 16 to 18. Um, now he then just I, sits down. Every time Vince makes a bad joke this episode, it's all just, just go silent. Down. Eventually I was like, oh, I want to do comedy TV, like TV shows, because that's really where co- like a lot of the comedy is. There's so many more comedy TV shows compared to film. At one point, I wanted to be a writer on Saturday Night Live, and then I watched like the current iteration of Saturday Night Live, and I was like, I don't want to do that. <laughs> but at the time, it, it was one of those jobs where there was job security and comedy. You would yeah. show up every week. You were able to pitch and then write sketches. You would shoot the show on Saturday, and it was like the 9 to 5 of comedy. And there was to me, it was this, I also wanted to live in New York at the time. And so I was like, this would be perfect. Then that, I was like, okay, that's dead. Uh, then I was like, oh, I could be a writer for late night. Because coming from a stand-up background, I was like, oh, I could write monologue jokes. That seems so fun. You just find what's going yeah. on on the week and then make a joke about it. That's cool. Then I also realized late night is dead. <laughs> I was like, that's not a thing anymore. Is the consideration of being an on-camera... Uh... That's dead. That's been dead. The only way I would have done that is stand-up. One of the first conversations we had, you talked about like the, the moment that it was for you that you were like, okay, I'm going to be professionally funny. Yes. Ooh. Can you talk about that a little bit? Yes. And I could talk about why movies as well. Because I actually think before stand-up or anything, the love was comedy movies. So in 2016, they released an insane amount of comedy movies into the theaters. An insane amount. So there was like, let me think. The Nice Guys, Pop Star, um, Why Him, Keanu. <laughs> oh, Keanu. Uh, there's a whole list of them that you can look up. Uh even some bad ones, like there's The Boss with Melissa McCarthy or something. There's a bunch of them. And at the time, I kind of just got my freedom in my life a little bit. Like my parents would trust me to go out. So my buddy and I would sneak into every rated R comedy. Like we'd just go into the arcade at this theater and then sneak through the As rope. one should. And go How in. How old were you? Uh, 2016, I would have been 13. I was say, for legal reasons, you shouldn't say 13, that, but 14. hey, go ahead. That's fine. What, what are they going to do? They can't do anything you know? about it. I, I now am a member with the Sin Club. and you know He I, has I worse things on his criminal record, apparently. At the time, I also didn't have money for that. Like, I wasn't working. Uh, so I saw every single one. And that started as well because I would sneak my iPad into my bed at night. And I would watch anything that my parents said I shouldn't watch. The Hangover. you know, Classic. Any comedy like that. Any radar comedy. And I found that's where my love, I think, of stuff that 
you're not supposed to laugh at because I knew my parents were like, you're not supposed to watch this. And that's why it was even funnier that I was like, this is mm. so funny and I'm not supposed to be watching this yeah. or laughing at it. And then basically after the stand up and everything, it kind of came back to where I was like, the best form of comedy for me was always those movies. It was always, it was the 21 Jump Street that I watched a million times or anything. And so then I realized that no one was making them. It wasn't a thing anymore. There aren't comedy movies now. That are, and then the ones that are made aren't made like they used to be made. And so all of a sudden I was like, this is perfect. Like this is what I, my first love of comedy was. No one's doing it. I can try and do it. 75% of the time I'd be doing a bit. Yeah. And 25% of the time I can be really serious. Yeah. And what's great about that is you do not want to take the chance. I think that's my, my favorite is we're in really serious meetings and I can just slide something in. Because a lot of time I'm doing jokes just for myself. Yeah. Like you, you won't believe that I'm doing this. Okay. Like I'll give an example. My editor, Dante, uh, I shout him out. He's just such a nice guy. I love Dante. Uh, we were editing at my house really late one time. He's like, I, I, I got to go. Like, we, I like to edit late. Like, we worked like 2 in the morning. He's like, like I really have to go because I got a TTC home. And I was like, oh, I'll Uber you, man. If you stay for another hour, I'll Uber you. And he's like, no, I'd feel bad. Like, that's so expensive. I'm like, here, I'll, I'll look up how much it is. And I was like, okay. An Uber X is $14, but, you know, we can get an Uber Green for 15 and we can save the environment. <laughs> And, and he went, uh, what's Uber Green? And this is where Dante is one of those people where he's not going to catch on to a joke very fast. And so this is what I'm doing for myself. I go, oh, well, a guy's just going to come by in a rickshaw and he's going to pick you up and then you guys are going to be on your way. And he was like, no, he's like, no way. And not even in a way of like, you're, you know, you're messing with me. He actually went like, I'd feel so bad for this guy. He's like, don't do that. And I was like, no, man, it's no problem. It's really their job. Like, apparently there's one three minutes away. He'll just come down the street in the rickshaw, grab you, and then you'll go. He loves the exercise. He's like, oh, but is he really biking all the way? I'm like, oh, yeah, 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 of course. And he's like, can you sit in the back? And he's like, oh, man, but I got my bag. And I'm like, there'll be, there'll be space in the rickshaw. And I had this whole bit with him for about five minutes just what? for the, the, like, he had no idea. And then I just go, okay, Dante, just so you know, obviously no one is coming to pick you up in a rickshaw. He just likes being funny, and I, I mess with that. So, so you basically went from comedy to, or yeah, you kind of no, you didn't go from comedy to video. You kind of mixed in your comedy with your video. And I don't know, did you get into doing that once you came to TMU, or was that always a thing where like your video and your comedy was mixed, and you always like kind of put it into your work? Almost no, because I would say uh, I was thinking of myself as a writer first, and so it was more about writing the jokes. And then when I started school here, I think it was the first time I had an actual understanding of what a director was. It wasn't just the name that comes up at the end of a movie that you go, okay. Or the guy, guy who wears no a hat. Way. You know, yeah, the hat guy. The like, hat I didn't guy. really understand it. I just knew that they were, like, the boss. That's so, it. So video production wasn't really, like, an idea for you until you came to this program. I would, thought I'd be a producer, to be honest, because that's what my dad was. And I was oh. like, oh, I could produce for sure. Like that was my interest. And then uh, I did, it was our like lighting project in intro to single, not single cam, whatever they call it. Just intro yeah, to, intro to single cam. It was just like, yeah, the so video production, whatever. The assignment. accursed single cam class yeah. I always hear about. And so we did like, do uh, like a documentary shoot. <laughs> and so I had my buddy in my neighborhood come over and we did like a fake Netflix documentary uh, where he was accused, not accused, but like he was the main suspect of the guy who killed Humpty Dumpty. It was like a Netflix documentary <laughs> oh, guy that's, that's was like, creative. yeah, he I was like, like trying to figure out, I don't think it was an accident, you know? And so I was interviewing the guy and I just wrote something funny. And I remember sitting behind the camera and we'd be like moving it to be like, oh, it's funny if it's super dramatic. And then I started doing research into what a director was. And I learned like 
you know, how they craft the movie. And it was like the coolest thing I'd ever heard. I was like, there's a guy who actually like makes this movie. Mm-hmm. Like he's the one that like decides it and he's building the movie. And I thought that was the coolest thing. And then to go to what you were asking as to why I made the movie is I was doing those assignments with a buddy in my neighborhood. So he'd come over, shoot that. And he was also in media. So I would help him shoot stuff. We did a fake talk show called Midday with Kirby Sloan. We've done a couple of them. I've seen it. It's great. Yeah, you can find both of them on YouTube. Nice. Uh, And then we did one for my other assignment, which is like our talk sequence. The Taylor Swift one, though, was just make me laugh. I think they would get in the car. He was like, oh, what's wrong? And the guy's like, oh, my girlfriend's upset. You know, she's just going off about something that I said. And then the other guy's like, oh, she just doesn't get your story like I do, man. So then we were doing all these, and it was my buddy who said to me and was like, this is so fun that we're doing this. What if we do something big this summer? And then I was like, okay. I was like, that's a great idea. And then I just started writing. I was like, I'll try and find a story. And then I was thinking, okay, I wanted to do a party movie because obviously as a young kid, that's what I'm interested in. And then I was like, what could be the worst situation I could get myself in at a party? And I was like, oh, I'd be the worst drug dealer ever. <laughs> like if you asked me to sell anything, I would be horrible. I would have no idea. And then I was like, that's funny. A guy who doesn't know anything about weed has to sell weed. It's like, that's hilarious to be like, yeah, man, you know, I'll give you this joint for $70. What was the process like for writing Bake Sale? And, and where did that come from? Because you mentioned you you did stand up and that's kind of how you started in the comedy scene. Was it the skills you picked up from writing comedy for stand up that you used? Did that at all like convey over into writing for this film or was it completely different? It's weird to say because I trusted my humor because I knew I could write stand-up, which deep down was like, okay, I can write jokes, so I can write the funny aspect of this. Then in high school, I was in AP English, just because that was my only way to get into the school. Like, I, I didn't actually care about writing. I did not know you were in AP. Yeah, advanced placement English. Wow, we got a nerd. And, but this is the best part, as a writer, I don't read. Like, I don't read books at all. I and really like this guy. He's really I, like me. It's crazy, though, to say that like I'm a writer, and then my mom can't believe it. He's like, you should be reading. I mean, I just started reading a book the first time. It's like the last book I probably read before this was Captain Underpants, which would say a lot about <laughs> oh, my wow. personality. I remember my English teacher, who I attest a lot to my my writing because she sat me down one time and was like, This is insane. Like, if you I don't think you realize how good you could be if you tried and like applied yourself. And I was like, Yeah, but think of the time that would take. <laughs> like that's so much time. Can I ask you something? Yeah. Do you remember the first moment that you realized you were funny? You were definitely a class clown, for sure. Yes. My parents took my family to Vegas in, like, grade two, I think. Okay. And when we came back, my teacher was like, oh, it was, like, March break. She was like, oh, how was Vegas? And I was like, this is what I've been told I said. I was like, all my mom did was drink martinis and gamble. <laughs> you said and that to your second grade teacher? Yeah, and my mom never lets me live this down because she was like, first of all, I've never had a martini in my life. And second of all, I was with you kids. I'm not gambling. So Where did you I'm, get that from? Now, yeah, yeah and like now I've slowly realized, I'm like, I must have been such a meta two-year-old yeah. to just tell a teacher this because I thought it was funny. I'm like, this is funny if they think my mom's an alcoholic gambler. Yeah. Can you tell everybody what your title is at Horizon? Yeah, production advisor. So, okay. I can give I you my spin on it, so, what I think so it is. So, what is that I just want to say, like, I had heard that production role before. He does the job so well that, like, if you don't work in production at all, you would immediately know what the role of that person is. Here's the thing, Mariah. 
you're very nice. And that's the problem. Is I think you're really nice. What? Whereas, no, 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 in the sense, no, like, you are I, I, so I, I, nice. Kirby, Kirby. No, she's not. No, but listen, yeah. it'll be, like, so <laughs> nice that Vince could present an idea, and Mariah would probably feel bad to be like, Vince, that sucks. No, I wouldn't. Right? And so she would sit there and be like, oh, Kirby, like, seems like you well, no, like, for that to work, I would have to have a bad idea, which is impossible, so... Let's not lie now. That um, was funny. Anyways. Now we can laugh at that, guys. <laughs> that we're supposed to laugh at. <laughs> but so right, he, he actually so is funny. That's great. That's crazy. <laughs> People are going to listen to this podcast with a straight face, okay? The way I just interpret the job is for me to just, like, be honest and mm-hmm. just, like, tell you what I think of everything and just state my opinion. So yeah. Vince can show me something and I'll just be like, that sucks, dude. <laughs> like, that's bad. No, and I appreciate and the just, sh- no. shoot out of that. But no, it's it's honestly, like, very rewarding to have someone on the team who who has like an expressive opinion like that one of the most like things i'm jealous of is that this guy has like a team people of, who are so talented but they're they're all so close and i want you to explain that more because yeah. i wish i had that man there's a lot of luck so yeah you want to talk about bake so bake so was basically made by four of us so me the guy who was in my neighborhood i was telling you about his name is ben he co-directed it with me my editor and producer dante and then the star of the movie and my friend Luke. So I knew Ben because we went to elementary school together. He lives two blocks from me. I've known him my whole life, pretty much since grade one, since he moved here. Dante, I worked at a uniform store through most of high... Why is that funny? I was getting I was getting money in grade nine, and you're going to hate on me for I'm getting my money? It is I'm funny. Just, I worked at a uniform store, I'm just store, saying, right? like, I wasn't expecting you to say uniform store. Yeah, it's such an odd <laughs> job. But I, it was I, okay. I, I'll, I'm time. not gonna lie. I don't know what a uniform store it's is. A store where you go to buy school your school uniforms. uniforms. Your school uniforms. Anyways. But yeah, we're talking about the uniform store. So yeah, that's where I met Dante, and him and I would just mess around all summer. It was my summer job. And we would just mess around all summer. And he was one that was telling me he was coming here for media production. I was like, oh, I'm thinking of going to that program. And so we were friends before we realized we had a common interest in film. And then we'll go to Luke, uh, who ended up starring in the movie and producing it. At my school, like you said, I guess I was the class clown. And then he was at the adjacent Catholic school, the same thing. And so people always kept telling us, like, we need to meet each other. Like, you guys got to cross paths. Oh, that was the lore between schools? Yeah. Is that like, they're like, oh, everyone that would like know us from parties and everything would be like, you guys got to meet each other. Like, (coughs) you guys would be so funny. And so then we finally met and we ended up doing a podcast that, like, we started, we charted on Apple Podcasts because just like everyone from both schools would listen. Because we would just like air out everyone's dirty laundry. We name dropped a lot of people and made not a lot of people mad, which is why we stopped eventually. I feel like you should have kept it going. Yeah, we just we just got in trouble with the school about, you know, name dropping people and people were reporting it. Um, just like they, you know, weren't comfortable with what we were doing. So Do you think kinda Do you think you deserve that, like looking back at it now as you're grown up? Or do you think like you wanna hear a funny do story? Do you stand by those jokes? Do you stand by the comedy? So ever like Basically, my buddy's mom is a teacher, and so she got they got a heads up that the mm-hmm. superintendent had heard it, and like that we we're gonna be in trouble. So my initial reaction was just delete it from everywhere before it can get any like any worse, like before yeah. anyone can listen to it. So we never ever listened. Like I've deleted off my computer everything, so I thought it was gone, and so we never got to listen to it back. And we we're always like this, it's so random. Like we we are so harshly criticized. Like this is insane. This is insane. And then it turns out one of his buddies still had it saved in his Apple podcast. Like, oh, he like just downloaded? Like, downloaded? Yeah. Oh. And so this was literally this summer. He was like, do you guys want to listen to some of it? We're like, sure, we haven't listened to it since. And we heard maybe five minutes of it, and we turned it off, and we are like, what? It's not even that we were saying anything offensive or bad. It was like, why? He was telling a story about 
a girl, like he said, he said, quote, choking his chicken in the bathroom. You're like, we wouldn't even say that on a podcast now. This was grade 10. Like in the long run, I think the school was looking out for us. Like yeah. we should not yeah. have been saying Yeah, you definitely things. could have ruined your career. And we didn't expect it to like blow up amongst, I would say, like yeah. our community of friends the way it did. Like we dropped the first episode just before Halloween and we went to a Halloween party the next weekend. And every like it was a crazy moment for us where we thought we had made it, where everybody there was like, oh, we heard the podcast. People that I didn't know were coming up to me. And we're like, you're, you know, the podcast guy. I heard your podcast. Love it. And it was like a crazy moment for us. Like there was a form of like just we were like, oh, like my when goodness, you're on that crazy. high, you want to just keep it going. So, yeah. So we just we yeah. like, right after that party yeah. just recorded another episode. That whole incident scare you away from comedy. Yeah. At all. I mean, not I, now, looking back, but in momentarily. No, but I think you could almost attest that to why I'm not an on-screen talent. Like, I think that might be why, is the one time I, you know, really put myself out there, I was sent back, and I was scared that, like, now if I say something, it's going to ruin a career. But what about be. stand-up, though? Because you did stand-up after that, didn't you? So that was a little bit more of uh, a safety net in the fact that, at the time, because I wasn't getting a Netflix special or anything, if you didn't see me in the club, you were never going to hear what I said. When you were writing Bake Sale, did you have the intention of, like, writing the character, the main character, for you to play? Or were you, from the beginning, pretty set on the fact that you were going to have someone else play that role? Because you, you mentioned that you kind of made the character be what you would be in that situation. Yeah. It was more the story was that. Okay. And then right away, after I decided that was the story, the next day, I met the guy I did the podcast with. He was helping me with the single cam final as my actor and he saved the whole shoot we had a guy not show up and the actors we had just you know were friends of the other people they weren't as cooperative and he saved my whole project and right away that's when i told him i was like you know i think you're the guy yeah. for this i hadn't even started writing so i could write around him and that's exactly what oh, I did. that's I was good like, you're my you're my guy i remember seeing you posting about the premiere happening happened over the summer and i was so excited just like vicariously knowing that you had a thing that people were gonna pay to like go watch in a yeah. theater, and um, so just tell us a little bit about what that was like, very quickly. I guess I shouldn't have said that it was the worst part of it because honestly, it was probably the most fun, but it was probably the least fun because that was, to me, the formal goodbye to the mm. movie and the process. And I enjoyed the process so much more than I enjoyed. That was me saying I'm done, and yeah. everything that I had done with my guys and. The experiences that we went through was over. And so it was a little bit upsetting, but it was the most fun because it was all my friends. I had family show up and there were these people there to, you know, watch it. And that was it was so fun. And it was so we walked home from the theater, which was a six hour walk because what? my guys, we just had so much to talk about. Yeah. And we were just so happy. Yeah, we got into some festivals. Yeah, we won some awards at festivals. But I was happy that we not happy because obviously I would have liked to get into TIFF, for example. But I think if we got into TIFF, and you see it with a lot of people that maybe make a short film at 16 and get into a big festival, get recognized, get the newspaper, they don't end up doing anything because what's the need to go back? Before we wrap up, you told me a couple of days ago that you got the news from your old high school that they wanted you to come in and talk with some classes. And I oh think that is the most full circle kind of like ironic thing that could have possibly happened like wh what are your thoughts on on that i love it i'm very excited i'm glad that there is sort of a recognition of it not in the sense of like what i've done but it's more i was surprised that they would because obviously it's a you know it's a stoner comedy in the sense and so i just never thought of like my catholic high school 
would recognize the merit in that. I just never thought they would see it as, you know, I'm just, you know, writing whatever and trying to joke. And so it's cool that a teacher was able to recognize more so what I'm maybe most proud of in the filmmaking of it. The fact that what we pulled off is a really professional looking, sounding and feeling film. The silly concept with silly characters and silly dialogue, but we worked really hard to make it that. And so it's really cool that there was someone that was like, I think what you did is interesting. And I think some people need to hear that what they find interesting they can do. So, so Kirby, as a final note, give us like a final piece of advice, pieces like final saying to give to all the people listening. Whoever's no trying to be funny out pressure. there, what, what would you say to them? Um, I'll do this quick. The one thing I, I will say is uh, do anything for yourself. And that's where you're going to find the love of it. And I think if you're doing something creative and you're listening to do something creative, don't do it because you think other people are going to like it. Do it because you know you're going to love it. And that's what you want to do. No one's making comedy movies, so I'm not exactly making it for an audience that's there. I was making it for myself.